This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to our latest podcast. Obviously, the reason we're having one um, here on a Tuesday is that uh, the Rays have made it official that Chris Archer has been added to the group. Uh, So on the podcast today, this will be, in essence, very much about Chris Archer's return. We will have a one-on-one with Chris. Uh, We're also going to have a a segment of the Zoom that Eric Neander did with the media, because I think it is relevant uh, in terms of Chris and also the big picture. And we're going to chat with one Kyle Snyder about uh, Chris returning and also you know, a little bit about expectations overall for the pitching staff and what certainly is going to be a weird season, um, all of that coming up on the podcast. But we start with Chris Archer's return. We welcomed him back and asked him what it meant to be back. Thank you, Neil. Uh, it means a lot, man. Uh, I have so many good memories there. Um, my comfort, comfort levels are through the roof. There was when When I was in the decision-making process, I could check that off the list, like 100%. There's no issues um, with how comfortable of, of an environment it is for me, for my family, um, on and off the field. Uh, there's, there's so much familiarity. Um, but to be with the Rays at a time like this where they're coming off uh, winning the division, uh, they're coming off a, a really, really spectacular World Series run where they came up a little short, um, it's, it's something that I'm really honored to be a part of. Um, when, when the second best team in the league is calling you shortly after the World Series, thinking that you can be a piece of the puzzle to help them get over the top, it's 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 an honor, man. It's it's super humbling. Um, I've I have so much gratitude for for the process and and for where I'm at right now, given my injuries and given everything that happened in 2020. I can't wait to get in that locker room here here in about a week. Since you brought up the injuries, how's your health right now? I'm great. I have no limitations. Um, I've worked myself up to 45-pitch bullpen, which is um, a little bit heavier volume than I've had leading into any other spring training. Usually I'm at about 25 pitches, uh, no breaking balls, but now full repertoire, um, 45 pitches, and and then just going to kind of build my volume as spring training grows. But as far as my shoulder my neck and everything that I had decompressed up there, I got no issues. How much did that also play into all this? The the comfort level with the Rays um, training staff, because they do have a reputation and Kyle has a reputation about protecting pitchers and keeping guys on the field. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, again, like it was, it was on my, you know, top five priority list. Um, you know, whenever I'm trying to decide where I was going to go, um, How's the training staff? Uh, and and I know that these guys are elite. And I know that in order for me to, to do what I can and, and be who I can be, I got to be on the field and I have to be at almost peak health because 
plan trying to pitch at 75, 80% health, just, it doesn't bode well for anybody. So I, I feel in like I'm in very, very good hands with Joe Binge and Mark Benson and, and, and Paul Harker and, and, and all the staff. So you brought up a checklist. What else was on that checklist in terms of like five things that you were looking at when you're comparing organizations and eventually was the decision, Hey, I'm coming back to the race. Well, I, I think I want to be on a ultra competitive team in an ultra competitive division. I, I look at that as, as one and the same. Um, I needed a team that would give me straight up opportunity. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to come in and be on the bubble. I wanted to come in and, and have a solidified spot in the rotation. Um, I wanted to be in a comfortable environment. I wanted to be somewhere that, uh, that had a good training staff. Um, so I'd say those are probably my top four or five. And I mean, you know, the, the check is, you know, is a plus all across the board there. How much did Kyle figure into this Kyle Snyder, the race pitching coach and the, and the staff? Yeah, the, the coaching staff was very important. Uh, again, it's part, it was part of the comfort element. Um, you know, just like, I, I don't want to sound too like philosophical, but you know, just like a flower that's trying to grow, it has to be in the right environment and the soil and the water and the nutrients that it gives the sun, all those things. I feel like the coaching staff is, is a part of those vital nutrients for me to grow um, and continue and to, I guess, reestablish my, my success and my dominance. I think something that always has been appreciated about you is that you always are willing to, you're, you're always trying to learn and always trying to grow. What did you learn in your time away from the race that can help you this year with the race? I think me, uh, the pitcher that I am, I don't need to overcomplicate things. Um, my, my approach is pretty simple um, and I need to just, exploit the things that I do really, really well and, and repeat that and command that and harness that as opposed to trying to get too tricky um, or implement a style just uh, isn't successful for me. So is that, uh, for, from layman's terms, is that four-seam fastball slider? That, I mean, that was a big part of your success in your success here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think, I mean, I feel like Every year I've gone into spring training, the changeup has been a topic of conversation, but that's something that at least that is one thing over the last two years that I do feel really, really comfortable in. Um, I don't feel like it's something that has to be developed anymore. Um, it's just something that needs to be a tick more consistent so that, you know, you know, hopefully I'm facing guys, you know, three times, um, it's something that I can show guys early and, and maybe save some of my other weapons for later in the game. The fact that you came in on a one-year deal, I, I, it can be looked at very much as a positive, motivating, you know, kind of create an opportunity for yourself long-term. Uh, how do you look at it? Do you see it the same way? I haven't really thought too far ahead. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to spring training, getting with Kyle Snyder, getting his eyes on me, because I, I have made some – some, some changes uh, to my lower body just from like uh, being more efficient, using, using more of my lower body rather than using my arm because that led to um, the injury. So uh, just being, you know, getting under his watch, getting under his guise and, and just, uh, just harnessing everything and, and then getting into games and competing again. So I guess it's too far. It's too much for me to think too far ahead 
Um, I, I just want to compete, and I want to compete with this team this year. When they roll out the balls April 1st, I'm looking forward to being out there and being part of the, the greatness that, that they've had for the last three years. You mentioned you've been in touch with Kyle. What other uh, former teammates that are now your current teammates have you been in touch with since, and what's been the, the chat like? There's, there's a lot of excitement. Um, but the first person I called was Willie Domus. Um, shortly after that, I called Brent Honeywell. Um, I've, I've touched base with Glassnow and Meadows. Glassnow actually reached out to me, um, which, is, which is rare. I usually do a good job of reaching out to people first, but it just kind of shows kind of the person he is to reach out to me first. Um, and uh, the, the whole staff, um, I've been, you know, just going through the physical process. I saw a lot of people. Um, you know, Kevin Cash, you know, we've obviously touched base. Um, and, and there's a lot of faces and names. I, I've, I've talked to Kiermaier, uh, but there's a lot of faces and names that, that I don't know yet that I'm looking forward to getting in the clubhouse and developing that camaraderie. And I know we're still going to be a little limited with COVID, but um, a, ton, a ton of excitement. And um, it, it's nice to be welcomed like that because um, I'm super, super excited. Uh, like I said, not playing last year, not being around the team was really, really hard for me. But hearing from the guys that they're equally as excited as I am, uh, I, I can't be more ready to get to Port Charlotte than I've ever been in my life. Big part of what you did here was not only on the field, but off. Um, how hard has it been or what have you been able to do with your foundation and how important is it for you to kind of continue uh, in that regard here? Yeah, it's, it's obviously been a lot tougher. Uh, my big thing off the field impact was, was the personal touch. Um, being able to, to physically be in the presence of, of younger people and help encourage and inspire, um, not, not with baseball, but with anything in life. Uh, it's been tough, but I do have a few things in the works. Um, they're not solid enough. They're not confirmed yet, but I do have some pretty cool things in the works that can be done virtually, but also have a great impact on, on children as well. Well, it's great that you're thinking that way. Uh, as you get restarted here, we're excited to have you back and we look forward to seeing you uh, healthy and successful on the mound. One thing I was curious, Chris, have you thought of like what you hope to accomplish? I mean, you were always like a 200 innings guy and you went through a year where you didn't even pitch. What's What do you think in your mind physically is realistic for your body this year? Well, I'm going to have to, in 2021, I'm going to have to manage those expectations. Everyone's expectations are going to be tempered this year because, because every, nobody threw more than 75 innings last year. So um, I think that helps me not be too focused on that 200 inning mark. Um, I don't think anyone's really going to be focused on that. It, it might happen for a couple guys. Um, it's not going to happen for anybody on the race. I know that for a fact. Um, so, you know, outside of that, I'll as many starts as I possibly can. Does that involve maybe, you know, um, me getting some extra rest here and there? Um, maybe. Uh, I think that a lot of guys are going to get some extra rest just because the work is different than it's ever been before. I think that's well said. Uh, and most important, we look forward to seeing you back on the mound and competing in a Tampa Bay uniform. Welcome back. Yes, sir. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate you having me, man. Great to chat with Chris Archer. Certainly an enjoyable conversation. And you got the sense from 
Ray's Executive Vice President and General Manager Eric Neander in his uh, media Zoom um, that he certainly had a great deal of excitement about uh, Chris Archer's attitude coming into this. Um, Eric was asked a number of questions, including Chris's role, which you'll hear from in a moment. And then after that, I asked about what may be on the horizon. In an ideal world, he takes the ball every fifth day, you know, and that's, you know, I think you all know enough about kind of where our, our budget is is likely trending this year. And um, that's, that's why we made the investment we did. But I will say in the conversations we've had, he's wide open to doing whatever he can help to, to win games. So um, he's made that very clear. That's not anything that, that, that we had to pull out of him. It was a matter of him saying, hey, look, if you need me to bulk, if you want to put someone in front of me, whatever whatever can help this team win games, that's, that's what I'm about, man. Just to get back there, to be with that group, and just to be a part of a winning club is, is, is all that really matters to me right now. And, um, you know, it's that, that team-first, selfless nature that, frankly, we're going to have to have from a lot of guys to get through the season. This is 162 after – we were lucky enough to play 80 last year, you know, as a group, but this is going to be unprecedented. What disruptions, the double headers, who knows what we're, we're truly going to be up against and having flexibility with your group and having them aligned on that goal of winning and doing whatever it takes is going to be huge. And he's, he's coming in with that, but it, it will be a, you know, once every fifth day is our plan in some capacity here. Eric, on, on that end, how likely is it that knowing how different this season is going from 60 to 162, that you add additional bulk or starting pitchers between now and let's say the start of spring training games. Yeah, it's, we're, we're still on the lookout for it. It's, it's still something we feel is important. And, you know, you have to find the right players with the right motivations and incentives to, to make it all work. Um, because you, you really don't know exactly what, you know, we don't know exactly what we're going to be up against and how it's all going to fit together. I think we just recognize we need a lot more innings than, you know, this, this certainly helps, but we probably still need more innings, you know, to feel good about this thing and to make sure we're not asking too much of any one individual person, but we also don't know exactly what that looks like. And to have people that are interested in coming in here, you know, walk arch, these are guys that are motivated to, to use this season to really reestablish themselves um, to get guys that are at that point in their career. But also want to be there to help the team win and have some flexibility and how they want to go about doing that is huge, you know, to, to make this thing go. And, and so we're going to continue to look out for that in free agency and um, also by trade as well. Good stuff from Eric Neander. Of course, we have more on that on our blog, raiseradio.mlblogs.com. Um, I thought it really was important too to uh, chat, uh, especially based on those comments with the Rays pitching coach, uh, Kyle Snyder, who, obviously is among the reasons that uh, Chris Archer decided to return to Tampa Bay. He and the staff obviously will play a large role in trying to keep Chris healthy and uh, allowing him to return to, again, what was one of the better pitchers that the Rays had during his tenure here from 2012 to 2018. So I asked uh, Kyle Snyder uh, what it meant to have Chris back on the staff. Uh, well, I mean, first off, you know, just to, to have the opportunity to have Chris Archer back, you know, was something that we were all really intrigued by. Um, and, you know, just the way the offseason is kind of unfolded, be it through the free agent market, you know, he was available. And, um, you know, we're really, really excited not just to have him back. I know the community is as well, um, you know, the role he's played here in the past. Um, and, and just, I think, from his standpoint, coming back to a familiar place, I uh, just, it seemed like a really good marriage. You um, are involved in some degree, uh, I would assume, when the Rays are pursuing a pitcher. How many conversations did you have with Chris, and what were the conversations like? 
Well, the, the first conversation, uh, believe it or not, that I had with Chris was after we signed him. Um, and then I got an opportunity to see him um, in person. And then we've since spoken three or four times um, since he's, been, he's gotten back to California. And, uh, you know, we've had some really, really interesting conversations about, you know, some things that I think he's taken away from the last couple of years. Um, you know, and also, you know, on his way back from, uh, you know, the couple of injuries that he had last season. Uh, but, you know, uh, a lot of the things that I think that he's, he, he's begun to recognize about, like, just the way his body moves, um, you know, they kind of rang true to me and some of the things that he and I discussed a little bit in 2018 prior to the trade. Um, and, you know, we have full confidence that he's healthy. He's going to come in and, you know, we'll get him ready, um, you know, throughout all of spring training. And, uh, you know, he and I are kind of working on, you know, putting what that looks like together right now. Uh, and that's been, you know, kind of the majority of the dialogue that we've had here in the last couple of times we've spoken. You mentioned the confidence in his health. How difficult is thoracic outlet syndrome to come back from? And what are the greatest concerns in trying to keep him healthy for a full season? Well, you know, I, I think we're just, we're going into a year, you know, that, that, that people have a lot more questions than answers as it relates to a lot of these things. You know, I mean, you could look at Chris and the lack of workload the last couple of years as a positive, and that's how I'm looking at it. Um, let's just finally get him healthy and let's just kind of let one week or one month take us to the next. Um, that's where just the depth of the, these relationships with these guys really matter most. Because in a year like this, you know, it, it, it's really going to be tough to rely on what we know about workload um, and, and what we don't. And, and so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident that he's healthy just seeing, uh, you know, a lot of the footage that I've seen. Uh, the conversations that we've had, um, and it's just a, it's, it's really just a matter of being, you know, uh, particularly mindful just in spring training with a lot of these guys um, as we enter a, a full 162-game slate coming off of, you know, just that truncated 60-game season. And, and, and obviously with Chris, you know, having, you know, two issues that he had to get taken care of um, orthopedically. So, um, you know, but I, I, I have all the confidence just given what he's done in the past, the workloads that he's been able to carry and really focusing on just, you know, just getting his body to move as efficiently as possible and prioritizing recovery. He's going to be back to the guy that was able to give us good quality innings and, and quite a few uh, at that. So I'm um, really excited to see it. How can a guy and, and maybe Michael Walker fits in the same boat, but a guy in a one year contract be a benefit for you and the staff? Well, I just think the motivation, the self-motivation that these guys are going to have, right, you know, to, um, you know, it's still a business, you know, these guys are Tampa Bay Rays and, you know, whether it's with us or somebody else, these guys have good years just given what they've accomplished in their career, you know, they're going to go on and, and, and make, you know, make good money. Um, and, 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 you know, some of that motivation and some of it, a lot of it depends on what their whys are and et, et cetera, but they're really... You know, both these guys are focused, you know, on, on coming in and being healthy, um, you know, and, and, and maybe getting some, exposed to some things like Michael Walker that he may not have been exposed to in the past that, um, that, that might help, you know, uh, fine-tune his approach and um, maybe understand a little bit more about his body. And, 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 and those things are all going to play major, you know, major, you know, roles in, in, in this season uh, for both of those guys. But, 
they both have a lot of runway left in their careers, and you know our goal is going to help you know be to help them optimize who they are and 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 put them in positions to to succeed and and, and make sure we do our best to to keep them healthy throughout the entire season. And Kyle, you and the staff have been really good about doing that. Um, how important or how do you make sure from your from you from Stan from the staff that they aren't trying to replace? Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, that they realize that they are just a piece of a 1,400-plus inning puzzle. That's right. Well, and again, I think continuing to communicate that, you know, albeit at nauseum through spring training. I know that's already been shared with Chris, you know, just because of who he's been for us in the past. And, you know, not trying to carry that, you know, that, that burden of replacing somebody, you know, or putting additional pressure unnecessarily on yourself. You just come in, be yourself, you know, and, and you know, just, you know, stay relaxed, work hard, and, and utilize the, the six and a half, seven weeks that we're going to have in spring training to really lay a baseline, you know, for the season. And, and I think that's, that's what both those guys are going to do. Um, I, I have all the confidence in the world. Um, I'm curious how much time you've spent on trying to just figure out the whole puzzle piece and how creative you think you're going to have to be this year as a group. Well, I mean, fortunately, creativity is something that, you know, we've employed a decent amount here over the last couple of years. So I'm hoping that's going to better prepare us Um, in terms of how much time I've spent thinking about it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I stopped thinking about it, especially as close as we are to spring training. But I know we're going to have a lot of conversations, you know, throughout camp, throughout the year. Um, You know, and it's going to be really important, obviously, to just the daily dialogue with the pitchers. Um, and, and doing what we need to do, uh, you know, just, you know, for the greater good of the entire staff, uh, just taking on 162 game slate, you know, coming off of 60, you know, 60 games last year. And a lot of guys just throwing 60 or 70 innings. So, um, yeah, it it is something that, you know, is going to be on my mind into the forefront of my mind, you know, between now and, and really the end of the regular season, if not, you know, into October. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be responsible about usage. There's probably going to be some tough decisions made throughout the course of the regular season. You know, I don't know if we shorten some of our traditional starters and make them openers to try to limit workload, you know, but there's certainly going to be a lot of things that we talk about that are going to be creative. They're going to put us in the best position to win, but also, you know, put us in the best position to, to, to keep – you know, the depth of our, um, our, our, our pitching staff healthy, you know, throughout the course of the whole season. So, And we'll talk more about that, I would think, as this spring goes on. But I'm kind of curious, in your mind, at least initially, and it certainly can change as the year goes, but do you need seven guys who control 150 innings? Do you need nine guys who control 100 or more? Do you have in your mind what's the most you could see a guy – conceivably throwing after coming off a 60 inning season? Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to put hard, fast numbers on it. 150, though, you know, is, is probably, you know, at least in the regular season in my mind. You know, Yarborough has thrown 141, 143. Um, you know, uh, Walk is a couple of years removed, you know, from, from over 100. I mean, Glasnow's thrown 114 innings. The most he's thrown in the last four years, and that was the year we acquired him, and he spent a lot of that year in the bullpen in Pittsburgh. So, you know, I, I, I think that somewhere between you know, that seven and nine 
number that you just raised, you know, of 150 to, you know, two other guys in the 1 to 125 range, you know, uh, an inning total similar to maybe Beaks in 2019 for a couple of guys, uh, you know, and that's, and again, it's like you said, I mean, I, I try to work backwards the best I can each year, knowing that that 1,450 number is going to be what we're really going to need to key in on. Um, you know, but it could, it could be anywhere throughout the industry from 10 guys at 100 innings and then, you know, leveraging four, you know, the rest of the 450. Uh, it could be six-man rotations where the math kind of works out, you know, works out. Um, you know, or it could be piggyback scenarios. Uh, it could be any number of those things, you know, Neil, and it, um, all of which have crossed my mind. I would say some... In some fashion, a piggyback scenario, I would guess, would be employed and then maybe shortening some of our traditional starters to openers and putting additional length behind them with bulk guys could be a potential as well. Um, but putting the puzzle together is something you can't you get too far ahead of yourself with. And, you know, uh, these are things that we just you know constantly discuss as as the season unfolds and uh, gather the information necessary to make the most responsible decision. Well, well said. Congratulations on getting Chris Archer added to that puzzle and hopefully uh, some more in the future. Thanks for your time, Kyle. No, I appreciate it, Neil. As always, thanks for having me on. Really interesting stuff from Kyle Snyder, and certainly I'm sure we'll be chatting with him plenty during the course of spring training. Um, And as things develop regarding the Rays' spring training and regular season plans, you can read about it on our blog, raceradio.moblogs.com. And while Report day uh, and the first pitcher-catcher workout isn't until the twenty until the 18th. Well, on the 11th, uh, we've got a show. Uh, Dave and Andy will be hosting, and it'll air on our flagship, and we'll make it a podcast, too. And Kevin Cash is to be on the program, and I think Kevin Kiermeyer as well. So you certainly will want to listen to that. Uh, in the meantime, we thank Chris Archer, we thank Kyle Snyder, and also Eric Neander. And uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll chat with you soon. 